This is Alex Massa, and you're listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Bob Nolly. Yes, they are. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Hey there, everyone. How are you? Are you still in the snow? Are you in the Northeast? I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's fun until a point. Maybe it's never fun. Well, I hope you're snug wherever you are. Welcome to episode seven of the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Show notes will be at labradorleadership.com slash seven. How is everyone? Hey, I said I'd give a shout out to people who uh, gave us some uh, love on iTunes and thank everyone that subscribed and doing it. If you haven't done it, get there and do it. Get there and do it. Thanks a bunch. Fire starters. Thanks for the kind word, Dean. That's really kind. Fit Jamie. Fit Jamie. That's a really nice word. Thank you very much for being here and being part of this. Magic 3461. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for the inspirational word. That's very nice. 3E Development, thank you. John Luzzi at AgileParents.com gives us a nice nod. Thanks very much. John, thanks for listening. Jody Flint. Thanks, Jody. That's nice. That's nice to hear. Even if you know and hope it's true, it's nice to hear. So today, so today I'm going to talk to one of the nicest people you're ever going to meet, Charlie Posnick. And I met him and the work he's doing on the Online Business Boomer and his podcast. And, and that whole concept that he's working on really resonated with me because I, I won't even say when I got started, but when I started checking out the entrepreneurial online world, there was always... There was always a piece missing. That's the phrase I use. And it always seemed to make sense to me, but there was always something missing like, well, when I was, I'm going to send somebody a free ebook, where do I put it? So when I generate the email, you know, I could figure out how to generate the email, but where do I have the book that I send to them so nobody else can get it? How do I take care of all of those things? And gee, the website doesn't quite look right. How do I make that bluer how do i shift that over to the to the right just a quarter inch all of those things just drove me nuts and when uh charlie talks to uh, his audience that he calls the boomers uh, those are the kind of things he uh, he addresses or it's the kind of pain he understands really really just a prince of a guy and i i hope you enjoy the conversation here it is ladies and gentlemen today I read an article that said the fastest growing segment of entrepreneurs, get this now, the fastest growing segment of entrepreneurs is 55 and over. Those are the boomers. Do you believe that? Well, somebody that really has his finger on the pulse of the boomers is 
Charlie Posnick from the Boomer Business Owner. Charlie, welcome to the program. Bob, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. How are things in Western PA? Uh, well, we're actually in Eastern PA, but things are great. <laughs> things are great in Eastern PA. <laughs> okay, so Bryn Mawr is in, that's where so, you are? By Philadelphia, yes. Oh, all right. Eastern PA. So uh, I want to ask about disappointment in the Steelers <laughs> not being in the playoffs. I'll, I'll move everything to the Eagles. So are we're in, in the Pe East. Pittsburgh, uh, is that in Has that always been home for you? Yes, yes. Born and raised. Born and raised in Philadelphia area. I lived out uh, away from Philadelphia for probably, oh, maybe uh, 20 plus years. Uh, but um, it is my home and I'm back here now. Yeah, you and me sound like both the kind of guys that have put down some roots. As I've said, I've lived in the RVA my entire life, even though I've had a chance to travel and went away to school and whatnot. Hey, one thing I like a lot is in your bio on your website, which is theboomerbusinessowner.com, uh, you just say, I'm just a guy. Just a guy. <laughs> I really like the feel of that. Why, why do you say you're just a guy? Well, I've gotten a lot of flack for that. I, I want to tell you that from um, you know branding folks saying, well, Charlie, if you're going to position yourself as some expert, if you are going to, to help these people, you know, do they want help from just a guy? Uh, now, to answer your question, I, uh, I guess I put that out there in that um, when I got started, I didn't have any special skills and abilities. You know, I wasn't a technology whiz. I didn't know everything there was to know about the internet and online business. I just dove in and learned. So I guess I'm trying to position myself as one of my potential listeners to my podcast or tribe members, so to speak, to let them know that you can be just a guy or just a gal and be successful in online business. That's great. That's a great point. Uh, I've told the story that one of the key leadership traits that I think is becoming more and more important, important is that of being approachable. And just a guy is approachable. A guy is more approachable than a rock star. Yes, I was actually, my, my other option was to take a picture of me maybe levitating off the ground. <laughs> a little Photoshop okay. there. That would be good. We could do that. Let's get together for that. I think we could put something together that would really entertain a lot of folks. So tell us about the Boomer Business Owner and what you're doing there with your business now. I, I started the business, well, before I started the business, uh, I was having a conversation with someone. I had just uh, closed down my previous business and was looking for what to do next. And they said, well, what problems uh, have you been having that you might be able to solve or help people out with and perhaps make that a business? So I started in the online space back in 2005, had an eBay store. Uh, my girlfriend and I bought and sold sterling silver, and we did that for probably four or five years. So I started back then, and then in probably 2007, I actually did a couple of websites, a couple of uh, content-based websites with a, a colleague of mine who um, liked to write. So he wrote, and I worked at monetizing the websites. So back in 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, it really felt, Bob, like I was drinking from a fire hose. It's not rocket science what we're doing, but it might as well be if you don't know what a lead magnet is or a tripwire or an autoresponder, things like that. So flash forward to today, 
uh, I feel like I'm drinking <laughs> sometimes from a much smaller fire hose because there's always new things coming out. But again, the premise of my business is that uh, folks who are, I, I use the term boomer, so technically a boomer, I guess, is 50 to 67, but it's probably less to do with that specific age range than if you envision somebody maybe who's been in the workforce for 20 plus years. So that could put somebody from maybe their early to mid-40s up. Uh, these people, as it has been explained to me, uh, can be classified as digital immigrants as opposed to digital natives. Kids these days are growing up native to the digital environment. They understand it. They're in it. We did not grow up in the digital environment, so if we want to be a part of the digital environment, the online environment, we have to immigrate to or you know learn about these things. And again, while it's not rocket science, it, it might as well be because you just don't understand a lot of the jargon that's going on, whether you go to a website or whether you maybe um, hire a younger person who's a coach or go to some seminar or something like that. So I thought that there would be a lot of value to add to help these digital immigrants successfully start and run and navigate the whole online business landscape. So that is my mission and that is what I do with the boomer business owner. Uh, how I actually implement that is I have a mastermind group where it allows like-minded people to get together. I do do some one-on-one -on -one coaching and my podcast, I interview successful online entrepreneurs so that people can hear from those who are doing successful things in all different areas and hopefully learn some things. Yeah, I think your, your assessment is spot on. When I, when I first dove into the business uh, several years ago, a few years ago, uh, the, the Kindle market was pretty hot. And I think being an academic by heart, at least in a small piece, uh, just writing something, writing a book. Not necessarily the great American novel, but writing a book was a big thing. And I, I ran into someone that was uh, specialized in publishing uh, books through uh, Smart Space, hard copy books, and, and Kindle books as well. And as you move through it, there's always a piece of the puzzle missing. You can hear that here's the program and it works easily. Here is a testimonial from somebody that sold a dozen books and has made not a super income, but a nice substantial income that fills in the blanks in the, in the household finance. And you could do it too, but there are always pieces missing. And I think, I think knowing how to get the answers to those and even recognizing that you do have pieces missing is maybe one of the bigger challenges that, uh, you know, a boomer might face, you know, emigrating into this world. I agree with you, and that is another kind of role I guess I fulfill is um, uh, tour guide, you know, Sherpa, if you will. So to help people navigate that, and if somebody comes to me and says, hey, I am writing a book, I'm having this particular problem, if I can't help them, chances are I could put them in touch with somebody who can help them. Charlie Posnack, the Boomer Business Owner. Uh are the tech challenges that the boomer faces, are they really that great or are they simple things they just need to recognize? The perceived tech, tech challenges are daunting, <laughs> but the actual tech challenges are, in my mind, almost non-existent. We live in a world these days, Bob, where you can get 
anybody to do just about anything for you for a reasonable amount. Uh, if someone came to me and said, I'd like to do something online, I don't really know anything about technology, that wouldn't scare me in the least. Now, do you want to be completely ignorant about everything that's going on? Probably not. You want to um, learn. So if you don't, and when I say learn, I mean under start to understand what is being done. I'm not suggesting learn how to do a website, but start to understand what the person who's doing the website is doing for you. You know, ask some questions, be inquisitive. You don't need to know how to build a website. You just want to be conversant about what's going on. And that's going to help you going forward because then you're going to know, well, I might want to do this with my website or that instead of relying on this person, for example, that you hired to build a website to come back to you and say, hey, Bob, I think you should maybe look at doing this with your website as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there in that groove. I, uh, I, I don't know a lot of HTML or CSS, but I, but I know what they do. And when my website or another site of somebody I'm working with is having some issues, I know that I've got to go to someone or a contact I have to fix that because I know I could sit there for hours trying to correct that line of that code, you know, at the risk of blowing the site out of the ground. Yeah, and not to get off track on kind of outsourcing or getting someone else to do um, something for you, but you really, one of the reasons why you want to get outsourced or get someone to do something in your situation, let's say you enjoyed getting into the code and you looked at it as a challenge to figure that out, I assert that that's probably not the best use of your time. And therefore, that falls in the category in my book of something you should look to outsource or have someone else help you with. Sure. So if your boomer comes to you and, you know, is interested in WordPress and says, I want to put up a website and I've got a domain uh, and I, f I figured out how to get WordPress installed and I'm kind of learning how to do posts and pages and put my title up and fix my header and put a picture in a post and they like doing that, that's okay. Uh, I I'm thinking it's okay. What do you think? Well, I, I think it's uh, – I need to know more. I need to know what they're trying to accomplish. If they say, I want to start generating $5,000 a month in the next you know, 60 days, that might not be the best use of their time. If they say, I enjoy basket weaving and I'd like to slowly ramp up to the point where I'm making a couple hundred dollars a month sometime you know, within the next year, fine. Have at it. If it's a creative outlet for you, if it's a, uh, an intellectual challenge for you – Go for it. Uh, but so it just depends, I guess, on the situation. Yeah. I, uh, this makes me think of a, of a story, a piece of research I read, you know, several years ago. I don't, were you in the Philadelphia, not the Western PA, in the Philly area? Were you ever in the Boy Scouts? No, I was not. Okay. I, I was in the Boy Scouts, and you go through and you get merit badges. And it occurred to me a while ago, but not while I was a scout, that the whole merit badge program is not to teach you how to build a tower out of logs and rope or not to teach you how to cook a meal without any utensils. It's to teach you the fundamentals. I think of well, well project management because you have to go get a merit badge counselor. You go to the catalog, you find somebody near you, you call and ask them and engage them for an appointment. You talk to them on the phone, you do the work for the requirements of the project. You go see them, you present them, you take feedback, you make corrections, you call, go back, present it again, and then you're awarded the badge. 
Now those, those steps are adult skills. And, you know, I know adults that don't do them very well. So in the end, folks that, you know, Eagle Scouts and come out of scouting have, have done that. So I read the research I read was this, we're going to take you off the grid offline for two weeks, college students, no phone, no cell phone, and no online access. It was a total disaster, an inability to function. Remember what it was like when you had to get a message to somebody, you called them on a landline. And first off, you had to make sure you called them when you expected them to be home. Mm -hmm. Otherwise the phone would ring and ring and ring. (laughs) Nothing's going to answer it. Nothing is going to answer it. It's going to ring again. They could be on vacation. You don't know. And ring again. And then you leave a message with a person there, perhaps of somebody and go through that whole idea of just getting in touch with someone, making plans to go out for an evening event on the town. You know, that was just much more difficult than today. We get a little chirp in your pocket when you you get a text and go, we're here, come find us. It's completely different. Totally, totally. So the adjustments they had to make during that two-week period were were of great note. And folks that did not have to emigrate into the digital environment, you know, definitely showed the struggle having to migrate backwards for the sake of that experiment. And so we can certainly empathize with what the boomer has to go through. Yep, exactly. So is it tough for them to deal with, for boomers to deal with millennials or Gen Xers or Gen Yers on the interpersonal level, do you think? Probably. I think there's probably some uh, friction there. Uh, You know, is it fundamentally based? You know, I don't know. I haven't really delved into that, but I think it's just a matter of, uh, it's a communication issue. Um, you know, maybe there's some attitude in there, but there's uh, you know, communication issue. Somebody who's, uh, a little on the younger side may be frustrated that you don't understand what they're talking about when they say, you know, an email service provider or something like that. Um, so there probably is a little bit of, uh, of friction there, which again is one of the things that I'm trying to bridge, uh, is what I offer can a 25-year-old benefit from that? Sure, but they're probably going to resonate better with a 25-year-old or someone in their kind of age group. Whereas I think someone who is 45 years old is probably going to resonate much better with me or somebody like me. I think the boomers perhaps may bring a little, uh, oh, I think the words humility to serve as a little grease for the wheel of the conversation that, that recognizes that that person may be, may be coming from the digital age, whether Gen Y or however old mm-hmm. they are and can sit still enough and patient enough to recognize that to still make the conversation happen. Yep. That that's a real, a real key for success. All right. We, you know, we talked a lot about the technology challenges that the boomers face. Anything else you've heard of? Uh, just the, the basic challenge, I guess, of people, uh, getting started. You know, I always encourage people get started, get started, get started. If this was 30 years ago, Bob, and we were having a conversation, I said to you, just get started, start your own business. Well, that just get started would have been, you know, potentially tens of thousands of dollars. And now that just get started is, is hundreds of dollars. So I really encourage people to get in the game because you could read all the books you want about online business and this and that and the other thing. But until, you know, you have a website 
and you're not getting traffic there or you're not getting the results you want, you know, you're not going to really, I think, understand it. Intellectually under, understanding something is one thing and kind of functionally understanding something is another thing. So I really encourage people to get started. So you asked, you know, what other kind of issues or concerns. I think it's just that getting started, uh, maybe the fear of uh, technology, you know, or fear of failure, just other kind of mental things which are not specific, I don't think, to boomers. Yeah, I, as we say on the show, or a point I always like to make is the truest learning, the best learning only comes from doing. You learn through the body. And we can read books till they come out of our ears, and they are here in, in the studio here. I've got books from everything I've read and studied over the years. But doing it is what makes the difference, and that's that's how it actually gets learned. So anybody that's getting ready to start, start. Go do it. Yep, agreed. Folks in the online world just going, launch, launch. <laughs> uh, who is the, uh, in your career before you jumped into this, you were in the hedge fund world in finance? Correct. Uh, I'm not asking if you're successful there, but I am asking, did you like it there? Uh, I really enjoy, Yeah, yes, I did. Uh, I met some really smart people. It's nice hanging out with smart people. Um, I learned an awful lot. Uh, I made decent money being in the business. You know, at the end of the day, though, I, I realized, and this isn't specific to the hedge fund business, but I was just building somebody else's dream. If you're not willing to build your own dream, somebody else will happily pay you to build theirs. And that's kind of where I came out. Uh, at the end of the day, I was um, trading my time for dollars, again, albeit more than minimum wage, um, and it was worth my time, and I got benefit out of doing that, but you know, I want to build something for myself um, and all have all the benefits that go along with uh, doing that. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's a point where you, you enjoy, I think, being surrounded by smart people. That's good, as well as the social relationships, but when the weight of being able to make the change for the sake of yourself and there's that question I always mentioned, for the sake of what are you doing that? That's, that's, that's a key point. During that time, or even before, who is the best person you ever worked for? Well, there's a couple people that I've had the pleasure of working with, um, uh, and they are their, their characteristics were similar in that um, you know, I always got credit for everything. They were not in it for the credit. You know, they, I'd, I'd, you know, walk in the office, they'd be like, hey, Charlie just came back from the bathroom. Yay, you know, great job, great job. <laughs> you know, I'm obviously being a little bit facetious, but, um, you know, hey, Charlie, great job in bringing in this new account or something, even though they had something or maybe more than something to do with that. You know, they gave me the credit to everybody else in the organization for doing that. And I really, you know, noticed that. I really appreciate that. And that, in my mind, creates an environment that, you know, you want to work in, which while there's great points about being being in that kind of environment, uh, one of the other reasons that people may be reticent to get started is just the proverbial, you know, kind of golden handcuffs, which are largely financial. But, you know, if you're working in someplace, Bob, and you really like the person you're working with and, you know, they really make you feel good and you have this health insurance and you have a good paycheck, it's tough to break break away from that, regardless of how much you want to do your own thing. It's tough. So I look at it as a positive and a negative. If I had 
all asses that I worked for in my career, maybe it would have been shorter in the hedge fund business. But I, I did meet and work with a lot of nice people. Yeah, and I, I had the same thing opportunity through my career, and it, you know, I remember a lot of them fondly and do keep up with them. And I mean, really, how many how many great friends do you have in your entire life? Facebook says a thousand, but you could probably count them on one hand. Yep, yep. Uh, Charlie Posnack of the Boomer Business Owner. Uh, so tell us, even though the best learning only happens through the body by doing, uh, what are you reading? What's on your bedside table now? I really, uh, you know, there's obviously I'm. Uh, interested in business things. I've uh, I used to be a reader, Bob. Uh, I, I used to be a reader. Let me make sure that I communicate this appropriately. I used to read a lot. At any particular point in time, on my proverbial bedside, there were probably three or four books that I was reading at the same time. And I found myself falling into the trap of reading for the sake of reading. And oftentimes, I rarely took action on great things that I learned in books. So I've cut back a lot on just buying a book for the sake of buying a book and reading it. Um, but if I do you know, see something, if 27 people recommend the same book to me, I do go, I do buy it, I do read it. But I read it with an eye towards, you know, what am I getting? What can I implement from this particular book? So from a business standpoint, while I still do read books, I spend my reading time more on – you know, somebody gives away a free report on their website about the 22 different ways to do this. You know, I'll print that off and put that on my bedside. Um, if there are other, you know, blog posts or something that someone's reading, that's where my kind of business reading comes from. Uh, the one book that I do keep on my, again, bedside is called The Primal Blueprint. And it's a more health-related book. It's just more about uh, eating and lifestyle um, which I just find completely and utterly fascinating. I think the whole concept of health and business are really related. So I try my hardest to keep things, uh, keep myself up on things from a health standpoint. And you were in that niche for a long while too. Yes, yes, yes. I, I've always been interested in health and my earlier websites, the blog websites were health and fitness related websites. Yes. So uh, do you read any fiction? I haven't read fiction, I think, since I graduated. Well, actually, I, I didn't even read fiction in high school. I bought the Cliff Notes. So it's probably been <laughs> didn't quite we all? a long time. Did yes. we all? Or the no, Monarch not- Notes. The Monarch Notes were red. The Cliff Notes were in that yes. blue and yellow stripe. Yeah. Uh, what kind of music is loaded on your phone? What kind of music? Um, I like, you know, older stuff. Old, me, older stuff. I talked to my dad, and he talks about older stuff. It's in the 40s and 50s and stuff. So I'm thinking like 70s is older stuff. So, yeah. uh, you know, being from the East Coast, Bruce Springsteen and Billy Joel and pl- folks like that. So that's kind of stuff that's on there. Some some newer stuff, but I um, don't consider myself an audiophile by any stretch of the imagination, even though I have a podcast. Yeah, I'm listening to the same same stuff as well. And I, I really get touched when my son, who's 26 now, uh, was out driving with him and he dropped some Billy Joel into the player. I don't think it was in there. I don't think it was just for me while I'm with my dad. I ought to play some of this. <laughs> so he had been listening to that. So I'm like, wow, it always comes around. Uh, Charlie Posnack of the Boomer Business Owner, thank you so much for being with us today. This will be the highlight of the day for sure for me. So thank you very much. Where can people find you? Uh, everything happens at home base, which is the, T-H-E, or the, uh, boomerbusinessowner.com, the boomerbusinessowner.com. My phone number's there. My email address is there. Our podcasts are there. Uh, our uh, free giveaway for our email list is there, blog post, everything at the boomerbusinessowner.com. 
Charlie, that's great. Thank you for taking the time today. Boomers, reach out to Charlie at theboomerbusinessowner.com. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Charlie Posnick, thanks once again. A great conversation. Labbies, go find Charlie at the Boomer Business Owner, theboomerbusinessowner.com. Next time, Alex is back. Trust me on that one. Have a great week.